welcome to Chronicle Headlines. I am your host, John McGowan. Uh, it is November 11th, and registration is the word of the week. Uh, I hope you all registered to vote like I did. I'll say that it was a lot easier than registering for classes. I've got a guest uh, over Zoom with me today to talk to me about that. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Reimitz. I'm a staff reporter and photojournalist. Gotcha. And uh, how are you doing this week? Well, as usual, just been pretty busy. Um, so I'm glad it's the weekends. Um, but otherwise, it's been good. Um, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Same here. Very busy. And uh, this is going to be my first free weekend in a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. It's cool. Me too. Um, and go ahead and tell me about this story. This was breaking news, correct? Yes. So Monday morning, um, I actually, since I'm a senior, I was trying to register at 7 a.m. And like many students, I was having some troubles. Um, and so, you know, I stepped away for a couple hours and I came back. I was still having problems. So I mentioned something to, you know, our group chats um, on Slack and, um, you know, and then Zoe and I just took it from there and we reached out to students and some admin and faculty. Um, and luckily we got we got a lot of people to reach back out to us to give us information, which was awesome. Um, and so it was great working with her. And um, I think we both did a great job with the story. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, the updates that have happened since the story has come out? Sure. So. I think last night there was a um, email sent out um, and it looks like people are given a specific time based on how many credits they've taken. Um, So um, like for me, for example, I have like around a hundred credits since I'm a senior. So I um, have my time slot sooner. So I guess depending on, you know, how many have, that's how soon you can register. And um I think that's pretty much it. Uh, my slot is at twelve thirty today, so hopefully it goes well. Um, fingers crossed with yeah, that. Yeah, truly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I had the same experience. I woke up bright and early, seven a.m. on Tuesday to to register for mine, and you know, realized that I did not have to do that. <laughs> and um, yeah, what's what's interesting to me is you know the original time span was Monday to I guess Friday. You know, just it started started on Monday, right? But now the new schedule is starting Friday and then the next day is Monday. So not that that's like an inherently going, bad thing. Is it, do they have slots over the weekends? I didn't look that closely at it. Uh, I don't believe so because I was like my credit hours would put me in like the second day and I'm on Monday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, you know, not a not a bad thing, I guess, but it's it's different than a day's difference. You know, anybody who's on... Uh, registering on Friday has, you know, a solid three days to kind of like make their plan and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a little frustrating because they said they would have this resolved Thursday and then we had to wait another day for, I mean, more info to come out, I guess. But at least they did update us yesterday. No, I mean, I was scared when my email wasn't coming in. Like I got mine at probably six or 7 p.m. Yeah, mine came in around 4 p.m., I think. Yeah. Um, what, what recommendations do you have for students? I mean, this is not the first time, uh, you know, Columbia's, uh, internet infrastructure, whatever you want to call it has messed up. Uh, how should students be dealing with this? 
Well, my recommendation, I guess, would be to um, keep on top of your emails and to make sure you're receiving all the updates you should be. And from the people I talk to, um, you know, I talk to the director of um, the advising center um, and another faculty member, they just said to keep in communication with um, your professors and your advisors. So besides checking your updates, I would just recommend that. For sure. I'll, I'll echo the same sentiment. Um, you know, my those drop-in hours are a lifesaver for registration, truly. Um, mm-hmm. And you touched on it a little bit, but I, I wanted to talk to you about the sort of process of writing a breaking story. You know, what, mm-hmm. how, what's the, what's the timeline look like? And is it, is it very like run of the mill? Like, like you mentioned, you just saw it, mentioned it in the group chat or is there, how much stress is there? It was a little intense um, because I mean, all day, basically I was like trying to register and also trying to interview people. So it was kind of a lot because I was trying to do both. Um, And I mean, everything was pretty much back to back. Like I would reach out to one source and they would tell me to reach out to this person. And also like, I'm trying to schedule something with this person. And so it's a lot of organizing and you have to be on top of things. Um, So it was, it was a lot, um, but it was okay. I think we, it was helpful that I was writing with someone else. I think if I had to do it by myself, I would not do well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, uh, yeah, if I wasn't reporting on it with another person, I probably would not report on the on the story. And you mentioned you pre- you did mention it was Zo Zo Tataki as well mm-hmm. writing it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's a good point on you know having to write it and try and register at the same time. That's kind of the burden of being a student journalist. You know, True. The, the news is kind of you know affecting you heavily <laughs> like as you're writing it. Um, yeah. Well, I think that about sums it up. Uh, is there anything else that you feel is important to add for this story? I don't think so. I mean, I think, yeah, the information and in the story already covers it. And like I said, I would just say again, keep in communication with your advisors if you haven't re- been receiving email updates. All right. Great. Well, thanks so much for talking about that. Uh, we're going to have you back to talk about another piece of breaking news from this week. But first, we're going to switch it over to a story that's a little bit more lighter, a little bit more fun. Next up, we've got a story about a really fun show that was held during Wicked Week, uh, the week leading up to Halloween at Columbia. Uh, And I've got the reporter on Zoom with me. Uh, Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Amaris. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing good, Amaris. How how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. It's good to hear. Uh, So tell me about, uh, I guess, Blanket, what was this story? What was it about? So during Wicked Week, as like a part of um, some of the events for Wicked Week, the student programming board had their sixth annual drag show. Um, And this time the title and the name for it was Dragula. And so this is something that the board has done for, you know, six years now and just kind of a continuation of that. And uh, you were at the event, correct? Yes. What was it like? What was the what was the vibe? What was the energy? Uh, It was amazing. Like. As just as an audience member alone, like outside of just being a reporter, it was really fun and really engaging. Um, SPD does a uh, SPB does a really good job at just making fun events. You know, um, there was a right. lot of 
the performers interacting with the crowd, the hosts interacting with the crowd, you know, really good music. Like I said, the performers are very entertaining. Um, and it just was, it was really nice. It was really fun. Yeah, I was, uh, I was doing the, um, the upcoming events section for the, the news and brief podcast we do. And I saw that, that listed as something that was coming up and I was like, oh, I, we have to, we have to cover that on the podcast. It's, I mean, like, like no doubt it would be super fun. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me uh, a little bit about the people you talked to for this story and uh, what they were saying? Yeah, so um, like I said, just SPB, the, that board in general, has just been really good um, with just, you know, communicating and talking and getting into contact. Um, first, I spoke to the president, Jewel Baker. Um, I spoke to her before. I've covered some other SPB events, and she just was kind of letting me know you know, how this certain event came to be. This was their first time having it in the student center in the fifth floor event space, which I feel like it was perfect. Like it was very, you know, spacious and just kind of had that performance dynamic. Um, And then about, I want to say 20 minutes before the event started, I had the opportunity to interview three of the drag performers. Um, And it was, it was really interesting because I was able to go um, in their dressing room. So they were all still, you know, kind of getting prepared and getting their last things together. Um, and it just was really nice to kind of have that kind of honest moment to see them. Um, I interviewed Harleen the Queen, and this is their first time performing drag at Columbia. So that was really interesting to kind of interview them and then see their performance. It was amazing. And I also interviewed two um, Chicago performers. One is uh, Horchata and it was honestly really cool because I followed them on social media. So as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, wow, like you're performing here at Columbia. Like, that's really cool. And just kind of hearing about their inspirations, um, that it, what inspires them when they perform, you know, how they are questioning, you know, the gender binary as well, you know, as a performer individual. And I, I mentioned that in the piece and it, it was really interesting. And then, yeah, it just was very insightful, you know, to talk to the performers and talking to them beforehand and then seeing their performances, you could just really tell that that's their passions and that this is, you know, their artistry. Totally. Yeah, totally. That's cool that you got to get like the, the behind the scenes look, you know, and got to meet them like from uh, Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can say that being like a transfer student um, from a, a university in Southern Illinois and also just you know, visiting my friends at other schools. I think I think Columbia is like pretty unique for not only for hosting a, a drag show event, but also hosting it six years in a row. Uh, what is the mm-hmm. importance of the school, like, you know, having these events, uh, you know, available for students? Oh, it's so important. Just especially, even for myself, like I know you said you're a transfer student. When I first... Um, started Columbia, it was during COVID. So I didn't really have those experiences of seeing, you know, the events that the school has to offer. And just this being a school where there are so many queer individuals, I feel like not only like, yes, it is fun and entertaining, but I feel like it could be very inspirational and very inspiring for, you know, people of the Columbia community. There were a lot of the performers or I believe five of the performers were Columbia students. They are currently Columbia students. So just kind of as number one, those performers being able to have a space at their own school to, you know, show their art. I think that's wonderful. But as well as just like the audience, you know, maybe some people in the audience who can become really inspired from, 
you know, seeing these performances and just seeing queer life and queer expression, you know, right at their school. So I think it's wonderful that Columbia has, you know, hosted an event like this for six years now. Yeah, it's great. It's truly great. Um, Tell me, did you do any other Wicked Week coverage? No, I didn't actually. Uh, Okay, yeah. um, I guess I'll just toss this out there. I don't know if we've like made an official Chronicle headline statement on it, but uh, I think it was really cool. I, you know, I, I guess I didn't pay too much attention to Halloween last year, but um, I think it's like really fun that like we have like all these like spooky events or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, is there anything else that you feel is important to add for this story? Um, it's kind of like a side note, like piece. Like, um, I went to the, when I went to the event. It was on a Friday, um, kind of leading into Halloween, and so I was dressed up as well as. My coworker, um, Bianca, was the PJ for the event. So she was Pitbull. And then I was like a killer clown. Plus just kind of having that dynamic of the audience also dressing up. And then, you know, the drag performers in their outfits. It just made it a lot more fun. Like it it felt like I was not necessarily reporting on something, but just having a good time. So that's really all I wanted to add. Totally. No, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh well, you know, listen, thanks so much for talking about that. We're going to be turning it back over now to uh, another piece of breaking news from this week. So stick around. And we are back with Elizabeth Reimut. Uh, how have you been in the seven minutes since I last talked to you? I'm still doing okay. Great. Um, okay, well, tell me about uh, this other story. This is kind of kind of the other side of the registration theme this week. Yeah, so this was actually another breaking news story. Um, I was fortunate enough to attend the Pritzker watch party um, to hear Pritzker's announcement that he is reelected for governor of Illinois. Um, super awesome experience. Got to report on that um, with Kayvon Jackson, the director of photography. And yeah, it was really cool. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was pretty similar to like a campaign rally. That's the best way I would describe it. And a lot of the time you're just waiting around. So um, I don't know if it's exactly my cup of tea, but it wasn't terrible to report on. Sure. I mean, so you were there like where when he gave a speech and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah, oh, I heard. Okay, that's cool. um, yeah, Pritzker's, um, you know, winning speech and um, Lieutenant Governor's uh, Stratton's speech. Okay, sick. Um... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure I don't have to explain much about Pritzker. Uh, you know, if you are left-leaning on the Democrat side of things, uh, this is good news for you. Uh, if you're looking for, you know, better access to health care, um, better uh, green initiatives like electric cars, um, much, much better COVID precautions. That's a little bit editorializing. Much better COVID precautions than any other state in the U.S. IMO. And uh, also good roads. Yeah, Hopefully he fulfills his promises, um, but it yeah. is promising, you know, if you were hoping for a blue wave. If that's if that's what you voted for, if, if those policies are what you voted for, then you, you know, you can hold out hope. Keep your fingers crossed. Um, and uh, yeah, good roads as well. That's uh, Illinois heads know. <laughs> but um, and so, yeah, what was it like? Uh, I didn't know that you were there. What was it like? Uh, like, you know, being there? What was the energy in the room? Uh, and who who did you talk to for it? Well, I actually, I guess I was lucky. I didn't have to do um, a lot of talking to people for this. I was mostly just listening and observing the events. So I 
really reported on what Governor Pritzker said in his his winning speech to the crowd. And then, um, you know, I listened a little bit to Stratton's speech as well. And so um, when I was there, I was mostly taking notes and reporting on, um, or I guess, observing the crowd and kind of the atmosphere of it. And there was a lot of energy. Um, it was definitely an event for donors. Um, people were dressed well and they were enjoying wine and just having a good time. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, it was a lot of waiting, um, yeah, which was okay, I but it gave, it gave me time to, I guess, be creative and to be ready for the right moment. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's definitely the right mindset to have. I think. Um, mm -hmm. And you spoke a little bit on the that blue wave. You're obviously no one here is an expert on that, but what can you tell us about that? Well, actually, um, NPR just released this article that a lot of um, this. I think this midterm election, like there was the second most uh, or highest amount of youth voter turnouts um, in the in the past 30 years or something, which is really cool. Um, and I think that in the midst of, um, you know, climate change and also women's rights being um, attacked by the Supreme Court, I think there has been a rise in um, the need for a blue wave and trying to um, preserve um, the uh, Democratic seats in the Senate. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's why everyone is kind of talking about this right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm really happy to hear about those, the, the, the very high, uh, young voter turnout. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before I could be wrong, but like there is a certain level of like apathy that comes with today's politics, especially for Absolutely. young people, I believe. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That gives me hope. Um, same. Have you, I don't know if you've heard about the new thing people are angry about. Uh, some people on the right want to raise the voting age to 21. Well, that's probably because I feel like the majority of young voters are, um, I would say, more liberal, yeah. um, especially Gen Z voters. So that's that's probably why they're probably threatened by that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to clarify that when I say some people on the right, it's probably like five people on Twitter that got viral but you know it's um i mean i'm glad that that's something that they have to worry about you know i think that's that's good that people young on both sides are getting out there i think that's really important um mm -hmm. but yeah other than that uh is there anything else that you feel is important to add on pritzker or midterms in general voting anything like that um i'm just again like we talked about i'm really happy to see that so many young people went to the polls and, um, you know, obviously voted and used their platform. Um, that's really exciting for me to see. And I hope that energy continues and we see more of that. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, well, that is going to do it for Chronicle Headlines today. Uh, I have been your host, John McGowan. Make sure to check out our News and Brief podcast. Make sure to listen to our full radio show on WCRX. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you for coming in, and audience, thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Bye.